Benifer is back. Brad and Jen are friends again. And Paris Hilton is somehow still making headlines. 20 years later, we're living in the world that the 2000s tabloids created. On this series, I'm going to tell you the story of a decade of American life through the trash we love to consume. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Claire Malone, and this is Just Like Us, the tabloids that changed America. Listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome into the Ringerverse. This is, of course, the Ringer's Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. We are Jomi, the explainer, and dinner on. Got questions? He's got answers. We are Steve Almond Joy, the cuddly Oscars white bear. We are. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity. The unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue, a surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Coke Baby Chuck, the 24 karat closer. And of course, we are Old Man Van, he of the receding hairline. Together, we are known as uh, the Midnight Boys. This Friday, <laughs> the House of R will be giving you their deep dives into the first season premiere of Moon Knight. The season premiere of Moon Knight. We'll be talking about that today, but they're going to deep dive it. And there's a lot to deep dive in this show, I must say. It's weird. It's off kilter. You know what I mean? There's like little Easter eggs all around, you know, abound. Chuck, are you in, are you looking forward to the deep dive? You have, Chuck, you have a beautiful green champion. Uh, like, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful color on you, Chuck. Thank you, man. Thank you. I'm trying to switch it up for spring. I feel you. I feel you. Well, don't switch it up too much. Uh, the Midnight Boys are going to be giving you our instant reactions this entire season on Moon Knight. He's a Moon Knight. Khonshu, the Avatar fan. We're going to be talking about him. I'm very excited about it. Uh, also, you know, here on the feed, we're going to be sprinkling more stuff in. Here's a big discourse on the old Twittersphere right now about Morbius. We'll I can't believe y'all are making it. me see this movie. I'm, I'm like, really upset. Like this my, is the job. My girl was, like, legit. Like, she's like, you have to go see that Morbius movie. I keep getting hit up with ads about that. And I'm like, dog, man, I, I done tried to get out of this viewing so many times. The reality is that you got to do your job. I bet she doesn't let you come and tell her about her job. I bet she's a photographer, right? So the next time she takes a picture of like a deer or something like that, you see the picture, you just fucking take the picture, throw the picture. Don't make me come on that Oscar stage. 
Yeah. Don't talk about my fucking wife. Don't talk about <laughs> hey, hey, keep keep my girlfriend's <laughs> name out your fucking mouth. This is not making the pod, by the way. <laughs> this why? is not on the pod. Why? Like why? Why would you not have this in the pod? You think you think people think that we've been hiding in a, it, this better make the pod. By the way, I want that clip. Can you imagine? Think th- th- think about if this happened at Avengers Compound. Just real quick on the slap cuz we have to do it. Because, okay, remember, ooh, I got a scene for you. Check this out. Remember the scene where fucking Thor is talking to, what is he, who is he talking to? Thor is talking to, is it Iron Man? They're going back and forth and they're talking. What if that would have turned, what if Thor smacks Iron Man? And then fucking Iron Man has to, like, Thor out. Uh, <laughs> Iron Man has to turn into Iron Man, and then they got to do the whole Oscar stage thing. Y'all not. Good, you know. <laughs> no, I Steve mean, is like, uncomfortable. I don't understand why you would be uncomfortable with that, Steve. The whole fucking world is talking about it. Steve, is like, <laughs> Steve, you know who you acting like? Steve, you're acting like Jim Carrey. You're Steve Jim Carrey Almond right now. I'm not disgusted. I'm not. <laughs> yes, you are. No, I'm not. Steve, I'm not disgusted. Steve, Steve, is that Judd Apatow in the background? Steve, Damn. Steve, 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 Judd Apatow. Steve, I ain't mad. Listen, I ain't mad. Could have killed Thor. Black Twitter, this is the, this is the breakout. Yeah. I want Black Twitter to find Steve's receipts. Look, I'll be honest with you. Steve, you're fucked. I can't believe this happened to you. I know Steve got questionable takes back in the day. I want to see Steve's, I want to see Steve's takes about I want to see Steve's takes. All right, let's start the pod. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> We're going to be giving you our thoughts on the season premiere of Moon Knight. Let's get into it, Stevie, at the spoiler warning. We're getting ready to talk about Moon Knight. You're listening to a reaction podcast. The spoilers are coming. As always, to keep you guys in the know about season premiere, the season premiere, should I say, of Moon Knight, season one, episode one, Moon Knight. We got Charles with the Midnight Manifest. Chuck Wagon, take it away. All right, guys, this is the Midnight Manifest. The first one for Moon Knight, going to be a little longer than usual. Got a lot to dig into. The episode is called The Goldfish Problem. It was directed by Mohamed Deeb, who directed Cairo 678, Amira, created and written by Jeremy Slater. You might know him from Netflix's The Umbrella Academy, Netflix's Death Note, and the great superhero movie, 2015's Fantastic Four. It stars Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke. And here's a brief history of Moon Knight. He debuted in 1975's Werewolf by Night, number 32 by Doug Monk and Don Perlin. It was originally a Batman pastiche that through the years leaned on the gimmick of having schizophrenia or multiple personality disorder, which became problematic in its own way because we do not... Uh, say, multiple personality disorder anymore. Over the years, Moon Knight's various aliases, Mark Spector, Stephen Grant, Jake Lockley, became personalities he'd inhabit. And then Mark's relationship with the Egyptian moon god, Khonshu, that grants him his powers, is often used as an antagonist against Mark as he struggles to know if the god is real or just a figment of his imagination. And in this episode, 
Stephen Grant wakes up in his London flat with ankle restraints tied to himself. We see the various things Stephen sets up to notify himself whether he's been sleepwalking or not. That means ankle restraints, sand circles around his bed, tape on the door. Stephen works as a gift shop employee at the National Art Gallery. His manager hates him, and he doesn't remember asking out a very attractive tour guide on a steak date, despite being a vegan. Stephen is placed on inventory duty after repeatedly being late for work. Then one day, Stephen wakes up in the Swiss Alps with no idea how he got there and finds a gold scarab in his pocket. Stephen hears the voice of Conchu in his head, telling him to surrender his body to Mark. Soldiers start shooting at Stephen, so he runs into the town where a cult-like ritual is being performed by their leader, Arthur Harrow. Harrow uses the power of the Egyptian god Ahmet, aka the Eater of the Dead, aka the Devourer, to judge people. The cane he uses as a scale tips in the wrong direction. That means the person forfeits their life to him and Ahmet. Stephen is found out. His mercenary personality takes over and dispatches Harrow's thugs. When Stephen wakes up, he steals a cupcake fan and a chase ensues over the gold scarab. Stephen wakes up in his flat and he's concerned that his fish Gus now has two fins. A pet shop owner informs Stephen he was there yesterday complaining about the exact same thing. Time out. Taking a deep breath, Stephen realizes he misses his steak date because days have passed. Then Stephen finds a flip flown and storage key hidden in his flat. Layla calls and asks for Mark, inquiring where he's been for months and why he has a British accent. Stephen freaks out once he starts hearing Mark's voice in his head and runs into an elevator in his apartment where he finally meets Conchu. At the museum the next day, Mark is confronted by Harrow, who judges him and finds chaos within him. And lastly, that night, Stephen is chased by a jackal creature and has to give his body over to Mark Spector, who uses his powers as Moon Knight to dispatch of the creature. And that is our first Midnight Manifest of the season. Woo! That was a MM, a meaty manifest. Charles, did you feel like... Um, a girthy manifest. A lot of girth to it. <laughs> 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 it's it's too early for this, man. It's too early in the morning for this, man. I'm sorry, bro. I'm a child. I'm a child. Um, meaty and girthy. Perfect combination. Some would say the you know the most important. Who knows? Um, so immediate thoughts on 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 Moon Knight. I, I I'm gonna go first. And I'm just gonna let people know how things go here on the Midnight Boys, the Ringiverse Network. Okay. Uh, we talk about these shows before we pile. We have group texts. We have two group texts. There's two group texts. One is with the full Ringer verse family. That's the group text where, you know, Mal and Joe are on there and it's, it's, it's us talking and sharing and being a big family. And then there's the Midnight Boys group text to where it's probably, I'd, I'd say, plus 50% shenanigans. <laughs> That's it's too more low. shenanigans. That's, that's way like, too low. Yeah, that's probably more. Uh, shenanigans. Shenanigans. It's a generous think, term. If you think we're rough on the podcast, the, the group text it. gets rough. <laughs> and we should just go ahead and get into the fact that on the Midnight Boys uh, group text, our immediate thoughts on this show were pretty diverging. I liked the show. I thought that the show was, it didn't break any new ground, but it had a new energy, if that's fair. I, I didn't feel like I was blown away by anything, but the energy of the show, the tone of the show was something that I felt like I hadn't seen in any Marvel properties before, and I'm glad that they tried it. Of course, there are things about the show that I wasn't expecting in ways I didn't expect them to go, but overall, it was cool. It feels like my partner over here, my partner in crime, 
that you felt a little differently, Charles? What were your immediate reactions to Moon Knight? If we want to be real, I'm not even trying to fake the funk, okay? Uh, I think I called it Midnight. Because <laughs> uh, I just was very let down. This is the first MCU show that truly is introducing an entirely new character, not just somebody who was inhabiting a mantle uh, the way that Sam was Captain America or with Hawkeye. So I was very, very excited. I thought Moon Knight was going to be it. I I thought it was going to break the MCU Disney Plus curse in terms of like, this was going to be one of the first shows that felt as vital as, as the movies. And Loki is an anomaly. And... They gave critics four, four episodes. And I'm not going to spoil the plot of any of those episodes. I think it's just important for me to like lay that groundwork that I've seen more than the general audience. And I left being like, man, this could have been a movie. Instead of being like a five hour, six hour, I was just like, this, we, we got to wrap this up. Um, and the reason... <laughs> The reason it's I so say harsh. that shit—that's what? so harsh, bro. Well, I saw. We I gotta see, wrap this up, okay? I, all right, all right. Here's the thing. I'm gonna use the metaphor. When I was a kid, I wanted to be an artist. I took a lot of art classes, and one thing I learned when you're learning how to create, um, like you're gonna draw an orb or you're gonna draw a cube. My teacher once said, "To make it look more realistic, you need to make the shadows darker, and you need to make everything lighter, lighter." If you're really trying to make that contrast happen. And what's happening on Moon Knight is, is that it's partially a horror show, but nothing is actually that horrific. It's a martial, he's a martial arts master, or at least he's a very, very good fighter. But there's not any really great fight scenes in this. So what you're ending up getting is it's not really that scary. The fighting isn't that good. And it's an adventure, almost Indiana Jones type show that's not that great at being adventurous or making me care about what they're searching for. And to me, that's a problem. It's a show that is cross, has crossed wires. And the reason I bring all this up is that they just put Daredevil on Disney+. Plus. There is some, there's a show that we have seen how dark a show can get, how gritty something can be. And Moon Knight in the comics is way closer to Daredevil than he is to any other character uh, besides Batman in the DC. And when I was watching it, I was just like, all right, so this is still family-friendly fair? Everybody was talking about, this is going to be dark, this is going to be violent, this is going to be... And I was like, oh, no, every single time Mark gets into a fight, we never see it. Every single time something cool happens, we never see it. And I'll end on this point. The entire first episode, most of the big set pieces we had already seen in the commercials, whether it was the van, whether it was like Moon Knight beating up this jackal creature. And once he turns into Moon Knight, I'm like, all right, shit about to get, he's about to get scrappy. He's about to beat the shit out of this jackal. And then I realized, I'm like, oh, wait, everything we saw of Moon Knight was in the trailer. What the fuck is happening? Uh, so those are kind of like my big issues, at least with like that first episode where I was like, I don't know if they stuck the landing. Mm, Jummy Steve? I hear you, Charles. Like, I hear what you say, but I got to be honest. I really, I really don't care. <laughs> I, I'm going to be really honest. Don't. I'm going to be honest, Jummy. Really you've been in the pocket. You've been in the pocket of Michael Mouse since we started this fucking podcast. So I don't know if you don't give a shit. How do you think I afford, how do you afford, I think these, afford these chains, bro? You know what I'm saying? Can't afford the dribble. The chain. The shout out Michael. 
your yeah, chain? Man. Really? That shit's yeah, so man. skinny. I know. I damn. Kevin Feige. You gotta, Kevin Feige don't pay. Y'all better start euthanizing. God damn. First off, we gotta start somewhere. You know what I'm saying? You gotta start off a little, you know, with the jewelry. You know, I'm not a big jewelry guy, but I, let me span. You know, damn, so they ran out of Rockefeller chains. Shit. Okay, Jesus. Well, not in off over Moon Knight. Here's the thing, right? I came in expecting like a weird show, and that's what I got. And so, like, I'm all for it. You know, the whole premise is that Mark Spector, Stephen Grant, like, they're off kilter. You know, there's something wrong with them in terms of the disassociative identity disorder, right? And that's something they have to deal with. And so seeing Stephen, like, literally, like, appear and then, like, wake up how how long later in a whole new city, like, basically a whole new country, you know, dealing with something that's not, like, not his problem, Stephen's problem, but he doesn't know that. He doesn't know that Mark is there. He doesn't know that Mark has taken over and whatever. And then seeing him freak out over Khonshu, all that stuff was like, all right. Like, I, I came here for a show where character doesn't know what's happening at all. Like, where it's just, like, off kilter, like I said, weird. And I got it. So I have no complaints about the first episode. I, I was locked in. I'm tapped in. Steve, I I deeply enjoyed it. And number one, I think Oscar Isaac is so good, so fast. Oh yeah, in this show. Yeah, and we're we're gonna talk about like this is a brand new character that we need to be introduced to. The origin story question is gonna be something that when we get this new crop of heroes is gonna be a question as to how they make that new and interesting every time. And I think this is a great start when you have a very good actor in Oscar Isaac making bold and exciting decisions with its mainstay character without even actually seeing, you know, the superhero involved. And I think that this first episode actually does a pretty good job of, you know, laying into the intricacies of what Mark is about. Hmm. So here's the thing. I've listened to every, what everyone had to say. And I, look, I enjoyed the show because I enjoyed the show. Uh, not a ton of Moon, Moon Knight that, that we've gotten. And also, we haven't really gotten very much this is the thing. It's hard to know how much Moon Knight matters sometimes. I'll be honest with you. Is it, it, the, the actual character, I'm going to be honest with you, the actual character of Moon Knight. Moon Knight in the, the so, and it's an, it's an, and I'm not mad at it, but it is an interesting storytelling device. So I'll put it to you like this. You compare this to Daredevil, which obviously with some of the storytelling constraints that they're going to be under as far as this being on Disney+. Plus. Uh, we are going to have to temper our expectations. Then he's not going to be knocking people's faces off on Disney Plus, Charles. I mean, okay. they do, but they don't show anything. I know they don't know. like. They literally just don't show the fights. Well, right. that's part of the point, right? Because we're spilling from Stephen to Mark. We don't see Mark. I know. No, but, I get but see, it. This, but see, here's a, but here's a, but here's the thing, though. Just because there's an explanation for something doesn't mean that it's good or that it makes sense, right? So I like so there's an explanation for us to why we don't see, but I could see people who want to see how badass what a badass Mark is and see him get down. The, this this was my point though. So take Daredevil season one, or take any of these shows. The first thing they one of the things they do is they make it super clear how important the hero actually is, like how vital the hero is. This show is attempting not to do that, right? This show is attempting to, to, to tell us how chaotic things are, are around, and they're letting us find that center. The season one of Daredevil 
spends the entire season. It's really one of the most masterful first seasons in any fandom ever. The entire first season building you to a point where you see Daredevil. You don't see him in as Daredevil until the end of the show. You get the guy in the costume, right? But the, by, but that, by that point, it's such a harrowing moment because they've made you believe that uh, Matt becoming Daredevil is central and key to everything that's going on. This show doesn't even attempt to do that. So to watch it, you have to give it a little bit longer of a leash because you don't know when Moon Knight's coming. You're not quite sure, like, where Moon Knight actually fits in because things are so scattered between Mark and Steven that you don't know what the what's filling the gaps. And I would say that, you know, since we have seen all of these episodes, there's going to be a lot of heavy legwork to do on the back end of this show uh, to kind of get that back together. However, that's a big picture problem. On the small screen, I was never bored. I thought the the, the performances were good. I, want, I, I It kept me wanting more. So as a show, as a show, I'm just watching this show, I've really enjoyed Moon Knight. As far as the Moon Knight portion of it, I don't know how much I know about Moon Knight. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. How, like, I don't know. I haven't seen. I don't know what a badass Moon Knight is. I don't know how, like, and, you know, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. We want to make sure we stay focused on the first episode here. But, but yeah, so even with this first episode, just not a lot of Moon Knight in it. Not a lot of Moon Knight in the actual show. Did this first episode, though, get you guys excited for what else is coming? Did you look at this and go, I can't wait. I'm on the edge of my seat to see more Moon Nighty Madness. Conshu attack, baby. Moon Knight. Are you guys up for it? Charles, go ahead and throw water on it. Uh, no. Uh, I, I think, and here's the thing. I want to be real with the audience. I think Moon Knight is like fine. I don't think it's like a bad show by any means. I don't think it's a great show. I just think it like it, it's it exists. It's it's a show, uh, which is like, it's cool. Uh, and yeah, I don't know if I'm any more or less excited. I'm just kind of like, all right, yeah, next week there's going to be a new Moon Knight and um, I'm going to have to watch Okay, so let me ask you this. So let's go ahead and move. What's your personal history with Moon Knight, Charles? The character himself. When I was really, really into comic books, when I was going like every single Wednesday, I remember picking up a, a comic book. I forget who wrote it, but it was, it was, drawn by David Finch. And that was the first time I had like read this weird character who he had these mental health issues. You didn't know if Moon Knight was a figment of his imagination or the God he got his powers. And throughout the years, Moon Knight was never like an A-list character, but whenever he would like show up in the Avengers, he'd be like, all right, cool. Yeah, Moon Knight's in here. Moon Knight's doing his thing. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to fake the funk. Like people acting like Moon Knight was like some cherished like character in comics is not true. He was just kind of like one of those people you saw in the back of like a Bendis comic who you're like, oh yeah, Moon Knight. He's he's the wacky guy. Uh, so that's kind of my personal history with him. He's one of those characters that like, so you ever meet a guy and his favorite character is the Punisher? Yes. <laughs> Steve is saying no. No, that no, they are. There are these guys. Rarely are they good news. That's what I'm yeah, saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're, like they're, there are these guys that like you, everyone else is sitting around and we're talking about Remember back when the Onslaught saga was going on, you know what I mean, in the X-Men, and we're all talking comic books, we're sharing comics, we're talking about it's the biggest thing in the world, right? 
And they're guys who are just, they're collecting Punisher. Every single Frank Castle story, they're collecting it. They're reading every single, they're like, I don't really like the X-Men like that. doesn't make any sense. It's not real to me. It's like, I like the Punisher. I like the Punisher. I like the Punisher. Moon Knight, to me, I've known Moon Knight guys before. And guys who like Moon Knight truthers who keep over and over and over again trying to tell you how fucking amazing Moon Knight is. These guys used to be the same way about characters like Maverick. You know, they tell you like, like over and over on the X-Men or some shit. They like, tell you over and over again how dope Moon Knight is. And I listened to one of them one time, and there was probably like a two or three month period where I was into Moon Knight. Not into him like I was buying and reading his books, but into him where I would talk to my friend Cody about him. Yo, what's Moon Knight doing now? Tell me more about Moon Knight. He would tell me about Moon Knight having fights with different guys and how powerful Moon Knight was. But it was just never a situation where the character was able, able to gain any real traction because then uh, uh, there was so much oxygen being taken up. However, because the character was so cool and so many people loved him and he was so off-kilter, I was really excited to see what they would do with them live action because I personally find live action to be the point to where they can take these characters that don't have much lore to them and do all kinds of crazy, wacky, inventive things that you might not be able to do with some of the other ones. Like, there's just not a lot of ways you can take Captain America or Superman or Batman without people going, oh. But with Moon Knight, you can almost do anything you want. And to me, that was part of the reason why I was so intrigued for this show. And I got to say, after the first episode, that intrigue has not left me. I am still intrigued. For those that, like, aren't, aware of Moon Knight comics, I think the interesting thing about his history is that when a new writer comes on Moon Knight, essentially what they do is they retcon him each time. What ends up happening is that he's this Batman pastiche. He's this crime fighter. He has all of these um, aliases, uh, Mark Spector, Stephen Grant. Then as you get farther in his history, somebody would be like, actually, those are all different personalities. He, he has he, mental health. That happens. And then somebody's like, what if Kanchu isn't even real? So each time you read Moon Knight, he's the type of character that when people come on to Moon Knight, they try to make it work. And I think the thing that is in the back of the Disney Plus show is that in comic books, comic books are comic books. They do not have a long and illustrious history with dealing with mental health very well in, and mental illness. And so what ends up happening is this show has to not play into a lot of the dangerous tropes of dissociative uh, identity disorder. Uh, because you see a lot of movies like Fight Club or United States of Terra where people have different personalities and they're violent. And that's super problematic. And I want to ask you, Vid, how did you feel like they handled the mental illness health aspect of it in the first episode, at least? Can I be unwoke for a second? <laughs> I'm so scared, but yes. I just want to be unwoke for a second, man. I want to share something with the audience. Last night before I went to sleep, I took Lexapro. This morning I woke up, I took Lexapro, right? We're weaning off the Lexapro. There have been times in my life where I've had to take not just Lexapro, but Doxapin so I could sleep, getting through my depression and all of that stuff like that. I get it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Oh, I don't geez. care, man. It's a comic book show. 
The guy's going back and forth between personalities. Handle it as well as you can. It can't be perfect all the time. Guess what? I like Fight Club to this day. It's a wacky, crazy fairy tale of a movie about a guy who goes to sleep and wakes up as another guy. There are plenty of places that we need to have serious, very, very earnest conversations about mental health. But sometimes, sometimes the story is just the story. And not one time watching this show that I think, oh my God, I need to clutch pearls because they're not getting the disassociative personality situation right. It's been something that's been a trope. It's been something that's been done different ways. I get it. Not everything that's done is done right. But God damn it, man. Sometimes I just want to watch Moon Knight be wacky and talk to himself in the mirror. I'm really, you guys, you're not losing me. I'm not saying, I am not saying that we don't need to handle these things right. But what I am saying is, I don't fucking care. Just like, I didn't see anything that was personally offensive to me. If anybody else saw something, I would love to have you on this podcast so we can discuss it and we can talk about it. Can I can I push back a little bit? No, don't push back a little bit. Kick me in my chest. Tell me where I'm wrong. And I don't know. I don't know where it's going to land. I don't. I haven't watched all six episodes. I think what I'm still searching for, and I always search for this in the comic books and especially in this show, is that when you give somebody a mental illness, there needs to be a larger point that you're saying, in my opinion, besides, isn't it wacky that he has two personalities? And that's the thing that I think by the end of six episodes, they're going to have to land somewhere like... As the creators, what are you saying about this? It's not enough to be like, who's the real Mark? Mystery, mystery, mystery. I do think that like this is this is serious. And as a storyteller, it is your job um, to be careful of being like, oh, we can't just give somebody a mental health issue just because we think that would be like cool. And it's like great when he like has amnesia and doesn't realize he beat up a bunch of people. I do think that, like, narratively as a storyteller, you have to, like, have some type of point. Well, yeah, you have. To, I think you have to find a middle ground because he can't just have, if Mark's going to run around the MCU for how long they're going to do it, he can't be doing this forever, right? And so at some point, they need to, you know, find something to, you know, whether it's splitting the personalities into, or like, however they solve it. But to Charles's point, that like the best way to do that is probably like take this thing seriously and have like you know a little discussion about it you know about his disorder and how you know to 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 fix him i think we haven't again like we haven't seen all six episodes so maybe they do that in the back half we don't know but at the same time there needs to be like some conversation around it because that's how you get this character to where you want to get it you know it's really like a storytelling thing at the end of the day like you have to do it and the best way to do it is take his mental health seriously and I think to the show's, or at least the, this first episode's credit, there was a moment that really stuck out with me as to how it illuminates like Mark's struggle that he's having when he's at that restaurant and he is missing out on the date and he calls her and he does not realize what day it is and he hangs up the phone with her and he has to kind of like sit with himself for a second. She's bad too. And- <laughs> And All right, here's the, here's the thing I will say. You know she's like, you know, like he's like, fuck, like he he fumbled the bag because that man's a vegan and he he decides to eat a steak. He's like, fuck all this shit, bro. 
She was bad right, as but, and, but it's also like, because like I, I've, I, I've spaced out on certain things. Like I haven't missed what day it was, but like there's been a time when like your mind just goes away from you and like you've just completely spaced out. And I, granted, there's a lot more going on with Mark than this, but like when he has to kind of like swallow that entire moment to be like, I didn't know what day it was and I missed out on something really great. It, like that was really a, a profound moment, I think, with Oscar Isaac portraying that. And I, th- I, I really like that a lot. Why are you smiling, Ben? <laughs> when Steve Space is out, who does he become? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Think about this real quick. Real quick, we'll get back to Moon Knight. When Steve Space is out, so Mark becomes, so Steven becomes Mark Spector, Moon Knight. What's his face? I don't even get the guy's name. Becomes Tyler Durden. Oh my, I just realized Steve becomes the sactivist he starts, oh, I become he starts everything DMing that you say that I am. all oh of the God. honeys and being like, you want to go see Get Out? Steve, <laughs> that's what happened. Steve, Steve, Steve spaced out. Steve just spaced out and he just wakes up. He like just spaced out and just wakes, wakes up in Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like on the ground with a broken jaw. Now, why would they break your jaw? Why? Hold on, stop. I fell out a saying? window. I, why would they break your jaw in Harlem, Steve? See what I'm saying? Ooh! These are the problems. See Ooh! what I'm saying? Why would they break your jaw in Harlem, Steve? Wow. I mean, Oscar. That's that's, that's nuts. He did get his jaw broke. I will wait. Can I just say really quick, Steve? Do you have you guys seen the picture of Andrew Garfield in a do rag? Does Steve just wake up with a do rag on him? And just like his up. waves just spinning. He's like, what happened? Steve wakes up, do rag on. He got a cool cigarette hanging out of his mouth. He, he got the pomade and the brush. He's just brushing his hair. It's like, be so, I'm like, what day is it? It's going to be so funny when Steve knocks on my door one day, like, hey, y'all got any greens in there? <laughs> Man, y'all cooking? I'm like, Steve? Hey, y'all got any greens in there? Y'all cooking? I'm like, Steve, just come in, bro. Come in, lay down. Waves looking like Norman Osborn. Yeah, Bozeman doesn't even waves look like Norman Osborn. Bozeman. <laughs> Yo, Norman, listen, Norman Osborn was dripping in the comments. Like, he was wavy. Bro, Norman Osborn. And then it's it's hereditary. Yeah. Like, they, all, <laughs> they all have waves. I need to see <laughs> for the next Spider-Man. I need to see Norman Osborn in a wave. They gotta bring they, the waves. You gotta anybody, have anybody that's an Osborn, they got like they got the waves. It's hereditary. I love can it. I can I quarter flip really, really quick before we get off the mental health thing? Sure. I want to quarter flip. I was confused because I watched this episode twice. Um, and I will say on the second watch, having watched four episodes, I would tell people like go back and watch the first episode. Pay attention. They set up so fucking much. Like they're actually it's actually masterful how much they set up. But I want a quarter flip. So um, the tour guide comes up to Steven and Steven doesn't realize that he asked her out. And first I was like, oh, did did Mark ask her out? And then I'm like, this would be weird if Mark asked her out because Mark has an American accent. So I'm confused about who asked her out on the date because she like I'm assuming she'd be like, why are you talking in a British accent? I feel like she mentioned it. I don't think so. I watched it twice, and I was like, so she maybe didn't point she didn't. out how weird it, this is. Or perhaps there's more to more to be discussed. That's a great a quarter flip, though. We should. Yeah, they might. Sound. They might. Hey, they might describe it because they make it seem like it was not Stephen. Because why would Stephen invite a woman out to a steak restaurant when he's a vegan? So that, and I was just kind of like, 
wait, why is she not mentioning that he's acting different? And then the other quarter flip I had, and they might describe this is, is that at one point, like he keeps calling his mom and I'm not sure if anybody else is on the other line, but I was just like, is his mom like, this is weird. Why do you have a British accent? Also, how does he get a job as Stephen Grant? Like, does he have like a social security number? Like, how does how does that all happen? It's only been a couple months from what Layla said. So I'm just kind of like, <sighs> how does he have all of this? So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to choose to ignore everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. There you go. I'm, Easy. I'm, <sighs> I'm making a choice, Charles. In my life, I'm making a choice. I'm not saying that the things that you just said didn't warrant more investigation. What I'm saying is I don't have any answers for you. And because I don't, I'm going to choose to ignore it. I'm in a hotel room. I have a lovely robe on. I don't want to, like, think about these things in this particular point because, really, I don't know. But there's so many. But I will say this. It's a bit of a quarter flip just because there's so many things like that in comics, in, in comic book shows and movies and situations like that, like how people get jobs and, you know, whether or not. I could start going, look, I could start going down a No Way Home, Watch at Home rabbit hole about all the inconsistencies about No Way Home that I saw when I've watched it at home. And they would run us right off the fandom. We would get kicked out. <laughs> Just get run out to jail. They, they would run us right off the fuck the Midnight Boys. You know what? I hate them. All they're so negative. All right. But I'll, but, but. This is the first time you're ignoring a quarter flip. I'm not saying that they won't explain it. Just on the second rewatch, I was just like, wow, I have a lot of questions right now. It's true. It's true. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Okay, let's go back to something we've kind of been dancing around. And I especially want to get Jomi on this. because. Jomi loves superhero badassness. He'll watch anything. Jomi will watch, watch anything. Jomi will watch Agent Phil Coulson run around for like episodes and episodes. But in this one, the, t- the titular character, Moon Knight, is about Moon Knight. In this first episode, you get very little Moon Knight. Jomi, moving forward in this show, for you, a guy who likes to watch this stuff, who's into the lore of it, right? Could you deal with this show getting the amount of Moon Knight or even slightly more Moon Knight, just slightly more Moon Knight than you got? How much Moon Knight are you going to need in this show after this first episode to be locked in as locked in as you normally are? Slightly more Moon Knight. I don't what's need... Sl- what's slightly more? Yeah, give us give us a percentage. So, like, let's say this episode was like 1% Moon Knight, right? The, the first episode was 1% Moon Knight. I think we probably need, like... Five percent to ten percent Moon Knight. Five to ten percent more Moon Knight. The yeah, in the, in the in the coming that's, that's marginal. Well, that's here's a, that's a thing, marginal right? amount. So here's the thing. Right? No, you got to hear me. You got to hear me, right? And we discussed this on the Midnight Boys text thread. It's about the characters. I, I don't know what kind of character Moon Knight is. We've only seen him for uh, in this episode. We only saw him for like a little bit. But I don't know if Moon Knight is the kind of guy you spend time with. Like Moon Knight himself, right? You get to know Mark. You get to know Steven. 
right? That's how you get to know the character of Moon Knight, right? So if Moon Knight is just going to go around killing jackals the whole time, right, and not speak, I don't really need to see, like, a cool, I like action. Like, I'm not mad about, I'm not going to be mad about, you know, them doing cool action stuff if that's what it is. But we get to know the character, the guy behind the mask, right, Mark. So ultimately, that's who I want to spend time with. That's who I want to get to know. Mark and Steven, more so than Moon Knight. You don't need Moon Knight doing cool Moon Knight superhero things for this show to work for you. Well, I mean, that's the point of the show, right? That's why it's a TV show instead of a movie, right? So we get to know the, this, this character. All right, play Stop the Cap. Play, come on. Yeah, we should play the play. No, no, that's not. No, all right, show me. Show me. You're about to say. I, I really nice. like liked Matt Reeves' Batman, but I could have used like 90% less Batman. Like the That's fu- not like what it- I'm saying. That's not what I'm Come saying. On. We're going to get the big Marvel fight. We know this, right? We know this. You said That's I the- need 5% more Moon Knight. Like, in the coming up, like, because I want to get to know Mark, I want to get to know Steven, right? We don't get to do that if he's in a hood, white hooded cape fighting uh, jackals. You're Okay, so that's true, but isn't there... And this is the and what we're talking about specifically is this is a different type of superhero movie, a different type of superhero storytelling for sure. But I guess let's take Superman the movie. Play it, play, go ahead and play it. (laughs) Time for old man Van's Hollywood story. Okay, you sons of bitches. Um, Okay, Um, so Superman the movie. Why does Superman the movie work so well? Because Superman the movie gives you an equally compelling Clark Kent as it does a Superman. Something that no Superman movie has ever been able to do since. Oh, Steve, you you got one? I agree. I agree. Something no Superman movie has ever been able to do. You have Christopher Reeve, rest in peace to that beautiful, talented man, right? Who was able to be, to to give you a strong, resolute, human, uh, superpowered, alien from Krypton and also give you uh, equal parts bumbling idiot full of heart and bravery, right? He did a great job. The movie had to figure out how to give that character to you in a way that made you respect both sides of that coin, and it's very, very hard to do. Now, with Moon Knight here, this is a character that not a lot of people know, right? So because not a lot of people know him, they're going to want to get to know a little bit more. You, like... The Superman, the Superman Clark Kent thing is easier to pull off because there's such a cultural understanding and knowledge of the character. At some point, you don't feel like, and this goes for this is a question for all of you guys. You don't feel like people are gonna want to see the reason why they sat down. Like, uh, forget about us, people. But people are gonna want. Are people gonna? People are gonna want to see the reason, right? They're gonna want to see all of the stuff. Like a lot, these movies are about the story, but they're also about the stuff. You got to give people some stuff, man. I will say the thing that I think the show did great is that they just drop us in. Steven slash Mark already have the suit. I was I was immediately like, this is genius. We don't need a lot of the setup of how we got the suit. Like, put us in the middle of the story. We're, we're smart. We're going to figure it out. But I think the thing that has always been a problem with Moon Knight is that the best superheroes have superpowers that tell you something about their characters. I love Cyclops from the X-Men because Cyclops is very like one track minded. He's very like when he locks up his eyes on something, that's where he goes. And 
what he he's a cyclops. He can he can't see. Like he has tunnel vision. That tells you something about the character. Wolverine has very feral problems. He has anger problems. So he has the powers of like a Wolverine would have. He has claws. He has the berserker rage. With Moon Knight, what they're going to have to do is teach you like what does Mark's powers, first of all, what's his power set? And what does his power set say about Mark? What does Moon Knight say about him? The alter ego. Right now, the alter egos are just Steven and Mark. Right now, we don't know who Moon Knight is, what he can do, and what it says about why we should care about this character. And I think that that's what the best superhero stories tend to do. And I don't know if Moon Knight can make that landing, but I hope it does. Wow. Well said. Well said, Chuck Wagon. Jesus Christ. They're going to hate me on this episode. They're going to be like, fuck, baby. Stop caring. (laughs) (laughs) No, your friends with Baton Rouge put the battery in my back. I'm like, I'm, I'm done. We baby yeah, Chuck like my my, my home my homies from Baton Rouge who who have now become and by the way I want to say I want to say a real quick shout out to everyone who I meet around town I've been meeting people here in Atlanta been like Van I love the Midnight Boys Van I love the Midnight Boys you know and I, I want to tell you guys how much that means to me every time you guys see me a big fan love the Midnight Boys and stuff and my friends from Baton Rouge they don't like they don't like soft baby Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> Got them. They don't. They don't like Zima, baby Chuck. <laughs> All right. They don't. They don't like fucking Smirnoff Ice, baby Chuck. That's Smirnoff not what they like. Ice. Damn. Smirnoff Ice. I like a light, I like a nice red wine, man. I used, okay. I used to love Smirnoff. Me and so- oh, me and Charles got into sake. I had sake for Ooh, the first time. Yeah. Japanese bar. It was great, bro. You did hot sake. Hot sake. No, because when I asked the lady who the bartender who was hilarious, she was so funny. She was so funny. I asked her. I was like. Hey, what's the difference between sake and hot sake? She goes, we literally just warm it up. (laughs) She was like, we take it. We put it in this thing. Oh, her review of Spider-Man No Way Home was so fucking funny. Her review of Spider-Man No Way Home was hysterical. She was like... I didn't get it. She was like, there was so much stuff happening. She was like, there was so much stuff happening. And like... I. I was getting annoyed. Like, I couldn't follow it. I didn't understand why things were happening. He's like, it was like whatever to me. I was like, so funny. Stephen Grant, Oscar Isaac. What do you think about Oscar Isaac in this role? What do you think about the accent? There was a lot of ballyhoo about the accent. What are you guys' thoughts? Thought it was quite good, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Accent was quite good, isn't it? I love it. Good, I I was not like bothered by it as much as I was in the trailer. Like in the trailer, I was like, "Bro, what are you what are you doing, bro? Bruff, what are you doing, bruff?" But in the show, it was pretty good. Like I, I'm my English, so my English, my English brothers and sisters, y'all let us know how y'all feel. But really, I did not mind it too much. I mean, I when I interviewed uh, an accent coach who's from the UK about it, he was just like, "Yeah, Americans don't know what a British accent sounds like because there's so many variants of it. The same way in New York, there are like." If you go to a different borough, people talk differently. Um, so when you watch it for an extended amount of time, I think you get used to the accent because it's just something we're not used to hearing as Americans. There's a variant of uh, of what he's actually saying. But I do think the part of it sometimes feeling a little bit amateurish to the American ears plays into the fact that what we're what the show is kind of leading us is that Mark with an American accent might be, you know, the first version of uh of these two people. And he's in creating this, this other personality. So I think it actually does work in terms of making you kind of question like, 
oh, there's something about this guy that he's really not revealing. That's off. Yeah, that's. Mm -hmm. I, I think it works from that respect. I think it works from the respect that we don't really know if he really is who he thinks he is. So there's there's an there's an inauthenticity about it that sort of works. You know, like that it I is mean, over the top because it has to be over the top. Over the top, or he's thinking about how he's talking, or mm -hmm. he's unconsciously thinking about how he's talking. He's putting something on, and we don't really know. Um, Stephen's character here, Stephen Grant, is he a little bit too much of a drag? Because like in this whole episode, he's like he's kind of he's going through it, man. I ain't gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I feel when I first was like watching Stephen, I'm like, all right, he's funny, cool. But increasingly, the more and more I watch Steven, I'm it's just on my kinda, goddamn nerves. Yeah, I was just like, oh, this is kind of grating a little bit because he, yeah. the, I think the show thinks the mystery of who he is is more interesting than it actually is. I started being like, all right, we just got to, like, come on, guys, let's get to the action. Like, I don't need to see him, like, falling asleep and waking up and be like, where was I? <laughs> that was cool, though. I'm not going to lie. Was like, cool. that, that, that was cool, man. Like, he, he's like... He conks out, he, he wakes up and there's blood all over. Because the thing that I liked about it is, so he's in there with Arthur Harrow. Who, we'll get to Arthur Harrow and Ethan Hawke and how well Ethan Hawke is in his bag in this show. And I like the reactions. I like their reaction when he flips back. Like when they're in the city square or whatever, and he's just beat up all of those guys. He doesn't realize he's done it, but they're like, who the fuck is this? Like, because he, like, he's just brutalized. On, and the look on their face, they're kind of like walking slowly because they didn't expect that explosion of violence. Which, by the way, I'm hoping that maybe we'll get something in one of these episodes in the future where we get to see it from Mark's perspective. Like, we get to see... I've been waiting for that. But also, let's talk about the physical physical comedy. I like the physical comedy of when he's in the square and he has the scarab and he's like trying to give it away, but he can't. And then he's like walking back. It like Oscar Isaac is a very talented comedic performer in terms of like, you just laugh. You're just like, oh, like Steven is very funny. The When I'm talking about when it started grading on me is all of that stuff happens. We get the big chase. And then he wakes up. He's like, my fish. And I'm just like this fucking. Like, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. If I'm Spider-Man No Way Home, I'm looking at Moon Knight like, why are you jacking my swag? <laughs> we did the you can't grab the thing from me trick first. <laughs> that was us. That was that was me. On, on, in St. Thomas, that was me first, like Hove said. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think the, fun, the, the funny part in him going like in and out of Mark Spector, but just hearing Khonshu be sick of of that dude it's like ah oh, the idiot has the body it yeah, is that's like, funny. It's, it's just really which good is what, which is really makes me want to see mark's perspective on all of this one time because like imagine that chase or that square scene from mark's perspective where he just blacks out and he's like oh god i gotta beat up these guys now oh god i've gotta like kill all these people in a car and then like right. i just black out again i mean it was interesting that he calls Conchu. Kanchu calls Steven the parasite, and I'm like, aren't you the god that's feeding off of this, this life form? Like, <laughs> Sound like somebody's like, projecting, yeah. Yeah, like it tells you a lot about how Kanchu just thinks he deserves the body. He's like, no, this is my body now. Well, he's a god. Like, you probably, you, you're on a god unless you think a little bit higher of yourself. Yeah, you have to. It's part of, you know, you know what I mean? So Arthur Harrow, <laughs> Ethan Hawke, 
Creepy Ethan Hawke. I don't know if we've ever gotten creepy Ethan Hawke before. I'm oh, trying to think. Ethan Hawke's been so many things. Have you seen Last been, Performed? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Good oh, movie. talk about the when he was the priest? Yeah. Yeah, he was kind of creepy in that. I don't yeah. know, guys. Um, have you seen this little known movie called Training Day? He wasn't creepy. He wasn't tra- creepy in Training Day. He wasn't creepy in Training Day, but he was really good in it. So, you know. So, I mean, what the fuck are you talking about right now? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard somebody be like, you know who was really good in Training Day? That Ethan Hawke. <laughs> like, like, just, like, just imagine. Hey, we're all talking about pizza. Jomi goes, you guys ever eat Count Chocula? <laughs> that shit is really good. We don't talk enough about how good Ethan Hawke was. Well, fuck it. Let's, let's do it. I'm going to be honest with you. Training Day, he was good. Boyhood, he was good. Motherfucking go, go, Gattaca. Oh, don't yeah. Give me Gattaca? Start on Gattaca. Hey. All right. We're not, we're not Gattaca doing Gattaca. Gattaca. I watched that in shit. science class. I was like, this movie is fucking Gattaca's a fucking shit. Don't get me fucking started on Gattaca. Gattaca Gattaca's is fucking out of here. Gattaca is you don't like Gattaca? No! You, you don't like Gattaca? Yeah, you tripping, no. bro. Come Gattaca's on, awesome. Like, bro, you don't like, like Jular? Jular did bro, 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 you don't like fucking Gattaca? Oh, that shit is terrible, bro. That's the one movie in class that we was rocking with. All right, uh, Arthur Harrow, the the Amid Cult. What do you guys think about them as villains in this? I Are will they say, creepy enough. Are in, they... in the beginning, yeah, you know, motherfucker, about his business when he puts glass in his in, in his sandals. You know, he's just like, I ain't fucking with that guy. I'm just yeah. not doing it. It's tough. The scale thing is fucking terrifying. Do you think he has a weave in this? Or is that his real yes. hair? <laughs> I think I think it's part weave. I think I think it's part weave. You don't think he could Thank get that for... length on his own? Probably. You know. I mean, you know, of course, we all know white guys are, you know, fucking. They're, I mean, is there one month away from being a member of Poison? You know what I mean? Steve could, like, you know, Steve could fucking. <laughs> turn you give me around. one month untamed and I look one like month, Ethan Hawke. And you're like, you're like you, and Steve will be out there. They like, but I, I enjoyed it. I think I like a villain who, to me, the best villains. Let me tell you what the perfect villain is. General Zod, Man of Steel. Yeah. Perfect villain. Bad, not not bad movie, not great movie, but perfect villain. Perfect villain is a guy who is really doing something that not only does he feel that he feels like is right, that that he doesn't feel like isn't wrong, but doing something he feels like is absolutely right. Not Thanos, where you know that's wrong, you big fucking dummy. But in this situation where a guy has a higher calling and a higher power that he is dedicated to, and you know that he'll stop at nothing, to me it makes him particularly sinister. So I've liked what I've seen out of Arthur Harrow so far. So far, I wonder though if he's actually the big bad. If there's a bigger bad that's going to come into the show, what do you Did, guys um, think? Um, because Ethan Hawke um bases it off of the um the cult leader David Koresh. Have you guys ever seen the TV show Waco? Yes, that shit was. Creeped me out during the beginning of the very creepy. Like during the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, I shouldn't be watching this. The world is ending. But I do like that Ethan Hawke gets into his bag of the thing that you have to realize about cult leaders is that they are charismatic, they are charming. Uh And like Ethan Hawke gives off this, like sometimes you're like, oh, hold up. He's making points. He's making a few points. Uh, And I think he carries off that really, really well of being like, oh, I get why people would like follow him. Because you also have to realize this is a world that has gone through Age of Ultron, 
this is a Europe where they've seen that happen. They've seen uh, Thanos happen, uh, Civil War, all of these things happen. So, of course, they're going to yeah, want to follow to this person who's like, I can make a better world. Because, like, every other month, they're dealing with the fucking apocalypse and superheroes destroying shit. I love how you liked Waco, but not fucking Gattaca. <laughs> all right. That's tough. Yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, Jomi. That's tough. That, that's Jomi. Come on, bro. That's nuts, bro. Wait, what? I was in seventh grade. I haven't seen All right, Gattaca I'm going to be real with you. We got to do a Gattaca podcast. But we're bro. not. We got to go back to Gattaca. I'm serious. I can't. I love how you watch, you watch Waco. You like Venom, Let There Be Carnage, but you're not fucking with Gattaca? <laughs> That fucking Gattaca? The, the little seventh grade critic in me was like, this mid. Like, it's terrible. That's when it started, probably. That's when all of your problematic shit started when you wasn't fucking with Gattaca. <laughs> I can't believe that. I liked Ethan Hawke. Um, his, you know, you see him in the town square and, you know, he sucks the life out of the old lady. They always have you kill an old lady or choke out an old lady, let you know, like, hey, this is a bad guy. Bruh, that's, that's, that's very true. Yeah, you got you got to choke, you got to hurt an innocent, you know, lady, and then like to let us know you're evil. But like Charles said, he was very like when he was talking to Stephen at first, he was like, "Hey, bro, it's all good, man. Just give me the scarab, we'll get you on your way, bro. It's no problem." And it wasn't until he started, you know, doing his machinations and consciously was like, "Now nah, you're good," that he was like, "All right, you gotta get handled a little differently." Then seeing him back again in the museum, he was a little more threatening. He got into his face. You know, and he was like, hey, I also, you know, know a god lady, you know, and, you know, avatars are bad. By the way, love the avatar, the last airbender joke. Oh, I, oh, hate I love that. I yeah, hate that. The that was great. That, I thought like, that was great. The anime? That was great. I was like, oh, the blue people, then all the anime. It's come on, because we know. I love that. Because avatar. No way you didn't like that. No way you didn't like that, Charles. Come on, Charles. Charles, I was bro. like, guys, guys, guys. I know that like everybody in the MCU has to talk like Robert Downey Jr., but like this joke is just like the lowest hanging branch. Like he's like oh, the anime. On, I mean, man. the Nickelodeon show. Are we calling that an that's anime? A, that's oh, a no man. confusing thing. People ask that question. Yeah. Like if that's why it's the joke. <laughs> it's he's like, which avatar are you talking about? <laughs> Come on, man. He called it the anime, and I was like, ah. <laughs> I was yeah. just like, all right, you got one in there. Everything needs to be jokey. In the MCU, all right. We like it. Come on. I'm so glad you're back, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> I was dormant for a while. I was like a grizzly bear for winter. For a while. Like all I'm my so hot takes went, went in the cave. I'm so I'm so glad you're back. I'll tell you one thing though. I'll tell you one thing. Okay. Very lucky I didn't know about this Gattaca thing. Jesus. Vin, you told me before the podcast, you like, you can't fake the funk, Charles. You got to tell yeah. her. You got, you got to be real. Nah, you, you, no, you, real. You, you're keeping it real. Look, and by the way, it, it, it's, it's, God damn it. You know, you guys, it's stuff. I'm liking Moon Knight. We're, we're liking Moon Knight as a podcast. Charles is not feeling Moon Knight as much. I'm telling you, I said this in the, I said this, and this is, we'll, we'll wrap up right here before we go into this whole separate argument about whether or not these MCU shows, the TV shows are as vital as the movies or whether or not they should be as vital as the movies, something that we discussed uh, on the pod, uh, on, on the group text. But there's going to be a spectrum of opinions on, on this stuff. It's okay. It's okay to have a spectrum of opinion on this stuff. I dug it. Uh, Steve dug it. Jomi dug it. Charles is still coming around to it, okay? And look, there are other Disney Plus MCU shows coming out that 
don't look like they might not might be my cup of tea. I'm gonna give them a chance. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> you you really with the Miss Marvel be like, yeah, I don't know. I didn't say anything about Miss Marvel. Oh, you said. You, I, <laughs> Van, you you said some shit about Miss Marvel. All right. See see how see how motherfuckers do. See how they do. I didn't say nothing. About, you you bring in private shit. You like a Trump Give me the floor. Give me the floor. Give me the floor. Because this is early in the Midnight Boys history. This is early in the Midnight Boys history. See how they do? I ain't said nothing about no no damn Miss Marvel yet, bruh. And back channels. All right, I'm gonna bring this up. Van, is it right or wrong? Early in the Midnight Boys, like history. I think the group text is a safe space to get my shit off. I'm like, I didn't like Vincent D'Onofrio in Daredevil. He was overacting. And you like, you didn't like Vincent D'Onofrio. I'm like, no. And I'm like, all right, this is going to stay in the group chat. You told the motherfuckers on this shit. And that's where Coke Baby Chuck was born. Everybody's like, fuck this dude. That that one was too much. I had to to bring that one. That's a good point, though. You did make a good point. (laughs) I I did. So basically, guys, I wasn't blown away by the Miss Marvel trailer. Like, I I don't know if Miss Marvel is my cup of tea. I'll go ahead and wear it. I'm going to go into Miss Marvel with an open heart. You guys, please... Don't call me weird names because it didn't look like my cup of tea. I'm, it, it has nothing to do. Just I, it didn't look like my cup of tea. That's all I'm saying. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it and champion it and do the best I can to, to, to really enjoy the show. It didn't look like my cup of tea. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, guys. We got a lot to do. And we're loving to do it. Uh, so we had this conversation, and it was based around this show and a, uh, an opinion that Charles had put out about uh, about how vital these TV shows are actually supposed to be. And we did not agree on this at all. So I want to give Jomi the opportunity to kind of get his you know, uh, putrid takeoff. So Jomi, go ahead. Steve, can I get some kind of midnight sound effect? Because... <laughs> This is like a midnight mess. Let's do something called midnight mess. This okay. is not midnight, midnight court. Mess. This is not midnight this mess. Is, I'm right. This is mess. By the way. No, I'm right. You are by the way. so wrong. I've never been. You are so wrong. You are so wrong. You are so wrong. I have never been more right in my entire you are life. So wrong. I promise I, you. You're so wrong. I promise you. 
okay, so look. It fucked Jomi up my go- day, Jomi. Like, your opinion Jomi, fucked you, up my you, day. You're so right. Off, I'm so right, Jomi, though. I was on a, Jomi, you're uh-huh. so wrong. No, I'm Jomi, not, I love I you. promise you. Like, we're going to have Jomi, this discussion. You. You're going to sit around and be like, wow, Jomi, you make a Hell great no. point. All right, let's go. Let's get into a midnight So I can, I can tell you exactly what I said on text thread. Charles came in. Charles was like, man, I don't know. Uh, you this. And, you know, we started talking about the other Disney Plus shows. No, say what Charles said. I mean, I got to scroll back. You know, I, no, I said, I'll, I'll tell you verbatim. Tell, tell me what I said, said tell you that verbatim. the Disney Plus, sh- the Marvel Disney Plus shows have a problem where they are not as vital as the movies. And Jomi responded, they don't have to be their extra credit. Check this out, right? So it's supplementary in the fact that they want us to care about character. They, they want to give us characters to care about, right? Um, think about the first, even the, like the first five last year, right? WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki. Um, yeah, I mean, we knew all the characters in What If and Hawkeye. All people we knew, you know what I'm saying? They gave us, you know, some new characters like Sylvie and like Kate Bishop. For the most part, oh, look, these people that we know and we care about, right? And they give us, you know, six to nine hours of TV, where we have to like spend more time with them and learn to care about them and be like, wow, this is what you're going through. We, oh man, we have no idea. Right. Check this out at the end of what happens at the end of end game, right? Before cap goes back to, to or before cap uh, goes, we see cap and, and his baby girl together. What happens? What's the last thing that happens in that film? He gives Sam the shield. He gives Sam the shield, right? We watch Falcon Winter soldier. He gives the shield back. Right, they do all this dancing, da da. And at the end of Falcon with the Soldier, Falcon has the shield, right? Mm-hmm. He is Captain America. He is Captain America. Mm-hmm. In the next film, whatever is Avengers, Cap Four, whatever, he's gonna have that shield, right? Mm-hmm. If you completely did not watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier, would you know that he went through all that hullabaloo to get the shield? To mm-hmm. like, oh, feeling down about it? No. You'd be like, oh, yeah, he gave him the shield at the end of the game. Of course he's kept. And you would move on. You wouldn't even think about it. I'm not saying that, like, these characters aren't vital to the, to the, these stories aren't vital to the MCU as stuff. I'm not saying that these stories aren't vital in terms of the, like, the, like what they bring to the MCU. It's just different. They're not vital in terms of plot and story. Right? Like, oh man, this crazy thing happened that shook up the entire MCU. That's not what the shows are here for at all. Period. They're here for us to get to know these people and get to know these characters. So when they shuffle them back to the MCU, right? The people who have Disney Plus, the people who have seen it, be like, oh yeah. Oh, I know like this character's thing. I know deeper about it. Right? You don't have to see it to get it because they'll either wave it away in like a line in the movie like they will in Doctor Strange with Wesu and be like, oh man, Wesu was crazy, right? Yeah, but it's okay. I didn't hear for that. Like, we saw it in the trailer, right? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, he literally said, I don't care about Westview, right? It's more about us understanding, oh man, Wanda's gone through a lot with her kids, with Vision. Like, she really been through the mud. Like, what it is. With with her kids. But that's for us. But that's for us. We're right? kids. The MCU has already shown that she's lost her brother. She's lost vision. What What right? kids? I'm saying it's on a deeper level. It's supplementary. We're like, oh, man, 
she down bad. I think I think I think I I think I can see what Jomi's saying, where it's like there can be a straight line from Cap giving Sam the shield to him being Captain America and Falcon Winter Soldier not existing. There can be a straight line to Wanda losing Vision in Endgame and her being really fucked up about it in Multiverse of Madness. She can save family. Like, it, like, 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 like I get it. it. There's like, more. There's more. There's more. No, hold on, hold on. Wrong. Like so the the cap situation is is a little different. The cap situation is a little different. Although Falcon jumping right, having a suit and all of that stuff like that, you want more story there. But it could be a little different because you could have done that in Cap's movie, mm-hmm. in, in 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 Falcon's movie, right? They chose not to though. So let's look at this. They chose not to do a movie where they had to establish him as Captain America. They chose to do it in the show because for a couple of reasons. Number one, they want to drive people to Disney+. And number two, there was more story there. It's weird to say that there's story there, but the story isn't vital. If that's the case, then then the whole MCU has a storytelling problem because what you're saying is we're essentially watching fluff. So the reality is this. Hold on, wait. The reality is this is the reason why Wanda is fucked up now is because she lost vision, but also because of Wiccan and Speed. It, at the end of WandaVision, you don't just get... Think about Wanda. Think about what was in, introduced in WandaVision. The fact that she is a Scarlet Witch, right? She became the Scarlet Witch in WandaVision. She was not Scarlet Witch before WandaVision. When you talk about Loki, Loki is a sequel to Endgame. They set up Loki in Endgame. They set it up. Loki, Loki, Loki takes the motherfucking thing and the, the Tesseract. He, he zaps himself away. He shows up in, in a show. They pushed you. They used the biggest movie in Marvel history to push you to a Disney Plus television show. It would just be weird to do that if they didn't think what they were doing was setting up vital stakes. And also, I'll say this. With the multiversal stuff that's going on, they don't have any choice. There are not enough movies in a release schedule in a year to be able to cover all of this stuff and keep all of these storyline threads together. See, it was different when we were in the Infinity Saga and we were jumping from sec from 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 movie to movie, and you can connect things with either a post-credit scene or that you could drop in a little Thanos here. Pay off a little Thanos there, and we would move on through this. It's different now. With the multiverse, the storytelling is much, much bigger. So these stories have to live on Disney Plus. They have to, but they're definitely vital. They're definitely things. If if that's the case, I, I just don't understand the logic of saying they're not vital when I, I'm not saying they're, they're not vital. Thinking, well, you're, well, you're, you're acting like it's not important. I'm not you're saying acting like it's you're acting like it's content that I'm, we don't. That that for, that when you say it's extra credit, it's like saying that okay, well, this is stuff that if you don't, they don't have to really make it mean anything because you don't have to watch it, but you do have to watch it. It's I mean, it's just mathematics, right? Not more people go to the movies and have Disney Plus, right? So what? So you can't have you can't have some crazy happen on Disney Plus, and then sh- some people back to movies. People are like. That's they crazy. Have had, what they happened? have had crazy it's, stuff happen on Disney Plus, and I'm telling you, it's marginal. But here's the thing, Jomi. I'm going to be real. You can't carry Disney in Marvel's water like that. I'm going to be I'm real. not carrying Because I'm going to be real. The issue with calling it extra credit is you are saying that you as a consumer are willing to take lesser in quality because you expect That they can less. punt on it. 
Because you can be like, oh, it's TV. And if we've learned anything of TV in the past 20 years, 25 years, TV is as just a vital art form as well. Some of the crazy things. Hey, Jomi, let me ask you a question. I hear him. Jomi, let me ask you a question. What's going on? If Captain Carter is in the Illuminati and Multiverse of Madness, spoiler alert, fucking, hold on. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. It's a... Fast forward 20, 30 seconds. Like, spoiler alert. Leak alert. If Captain Carter is in the Illuminati in Multiverse of Madness, where does she come from? She comes from that, what if? Oh, question though. I know, but what I'm saying is question though. What, like what I'm saying is, why would they introduce why would they introduce a new character? Why would they introduce a new character? Which they've done, by the way. Why why would why would they introduce a new character in a piece of storytelling that wasn't vital? I think it's under the assumption, okay, for the Illuminati example, for anybody who has never ever seen Captain Carter, for anybody who has never ever seen let's just say, a different Tony Stark. They might not be using that character a lot. All you need to know is, oh, that's a different version of Peggy Carter. That's a different version of Tony Stark. That's a different could, version of when, Black when, that, like I'm telling that's, you. That's what comics do. That's what just, all these other on, stories do. On, no, the, reality, what the, what the reality is, the, 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 them being different versions wouldn't make any sense without Loki. Like, them, like them, hold on. Them the movie's The Multiverse of Madness. I, I, it's I, I, different I, I, versions of characters. So right. So what you're so by this point, by the point that you're making, then none of it's vital because if it's vital in a different way, it's vital in a different way. But but look, so like if it, it, the the term variant, the fact that there can be variants conceptually comes from Loki. Mm-hmm. Conceptually, it comes from Loki. Didn't exist in the MCU prior to Loki. So th- th- so what we're talking about. There being variants, there being different inversions, there being different things we could hop around. That whole thing was introduced in an MCU show. To me, the most consequential piece, because I, I would tell you right now, Loki, even though you guys want to say, oh, Loki is an anomaly. I'm, what I'm saying is Loki is more vital than, Black, than, than Shang-Chi. Loki is more vital Loki is vital to No Way Home. Like you're saying it under the context of like more things happened. In Loki, which I can no, but if you like, don't watch Loki, if you haven't watched Loki, there's going to be a bunch of things that you just don't understand. If somebody starts talking about variants, like when did variants happen? Like, right? It's they redefine the they they redefine the MCU in the show. Exactly. I just don't get the argument because and 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 something else. By the way, to you guys' point, Avengers: Age of Ultron, right? Avengers: Age of Ultron, or any of this different stuff, like a lot of these things. Example, is anything in Captain Marvel vital? Yeah, I, to, you're saying vital is, as opposed to the grand scheme of the entirety of the MCU? Right. Not as they much. Introduce, they introduce the character, then the character shows up in Endgame. We get scro- right. I mean, you get Scrolls, Secret Invasion. Right, right. You know. So, so but, when I, but, well, but like, what I'm telling you is that, to me, any of the movies, any of the things, you can make an argument that we could pull it out and you could still just make up for it in the next film. If you're saying that the next film could just say... But really, the thing about the MCU is they've never done that. They've took their time and and injected a lot of meat between the fat uh, so that we could have a better understanding of what it is that they were doing. Like the characters. I mean, wrapping up, all I will say is, Jomi, I find it wild to call a TV show extra credit because here's the thing. 
the MCU has given us a level of quality that made us fall in love with the MCU in the movies. They need to do that in the TV shows. We can't think of TV as a lesser medium than movies anymore. It's not the 1950s. It's not I Love Lucy. Some of the best storytelling is done in TV shows. If they're going to make TV shows and want us to invest in it, it has to be as vital and as good as the movies. And you just can't have it happen on one show. You have to reach a level of quality that I'm like, oh, this is vital to the MCU. This is something that it's worth investing my time in. All right. All right. Hey, hey, that's enough. Oh, guys, that is a wrap. This coming Friday, the House of R returns with their deep dive into the premiere of Moon Knight, the House of R, the smartest podcast, the smartest fandom podcast in the world. Uh, this Monday, the House of Midnight returns. We got to do it, guys. We got to give you our look at Morbius. Ugh. Morbius, the most anticipated movie since Endgame. Steve, fight for Steve. Let's yeah. let's make sure it's him. Not everybody. Legitimately excited. <sighs> so here's the thing, and I would be honest about Morbius. The the, the buzz couldn't be worse. The buzz could the buzz couldn't be worse. I don't think I'm gonna be honest with you. Outside of maybe, I, I don't know that I've seen buzz this bad. Like maybe Fantastic New Four. Mutants, maybe Fantastic Four. Shout out to my boy Josh Trank. It wasn't your fault, Josh. But like it, but I don't know that I've seen Buzz this bad. This is the this is maybe the worst buzz. As a matter of fact, Midnight Mob, Midnight Riders, think about a movie if you've heard worse buzz. I don't know if I've heard worse buzz than this. I'm not sure. Um, but we're gonna do it and we're gonna see what's real and what's not real. The Midnight Boys are gonna be back next week to give you our instant reactions on every episode of Moon Knight. Producer credits. Our producer is Steve Almond Joy, the cuddly activist bear. Jomi Adinaran, hashtag feed Jomi, uh, is on social media. An additional production from Arjuna Ramkapal, who had a fantastic, a fantastic Boba Fett cosplay. It's insane how good Arjuna's Boba Fett cosplay was. I want to make sure people know that. I don't know if he's going to put it up anywhere, but Boba, his Boba Fett cosplay was fucking out of his world. All right, Charles, take us out. Guys, I went into hibernation. The people say I got too relaxed. But after this first episode of Moon Knight, Coke Baby Chuck is fucking back. <laughs> <laughs> Dog, how the fuck can you not like Gattaca? Jesus Christ. Gattaca, motherfucker. On, Gattaca. Now. No, I hate Gattaca. Bruh, As Gattaca a kid, I was like, this is a really dumb. Charles, bro, I'm not going to lie, Charles. Bro, I, Charles, I love you guys. I hope you guys know this. I love y'all. Like, I love y'all. <laughs> Charles, you make it hard sometimes. You don't like Gattaca. <laughs> no. I did not think Van would be riding this hard for Gattaca. No. Bro, Gattaca no. the fucking God shit, bro. I have respect bro, for myself, bro. bro I'm going to be no. honest with you, bro. I'm going to be honest with you, bro. Gattaca the shit, bro. Gattaca, <laughs> like, 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 Gattaca crazy, bro. Think about Gattaca. Like, 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 it's, I'm laughing every time you say Gattaca. I've never, ever, ever, ever heard someone say they don't like Gattaca. I'm gonna be real with you. It has like, like a I, 64% I put, on Metacritic. What are you talking I don't about? Ca-
That's high on Metacritic. <laughs> Metacritic is like the movie nerds, Sean Fantasies. Like talking about, like talking about those are the those are the top of the top critics on Metacritic. Uh, like Rotten Tomatoes could literally be some dude that like builds a site in his crib and reviews ten movies a month. Like like, but the, the Metacritic is the people who know. So look, that's the last thing I say about Gattaca. I remember, you know how I know I, Gattaca passed the Van Lathan Senior Test. I put it on. I put it on for Pops. And Pops was like, huh, that boy didn't want to outswim his brother. He outswim his brother. <laughs> that boy knew he could outswim his brother. See, son? I'm telling you right. When my dad would start teaching lessons on a movie, that's how you knew the movie had got him. I remember my, I never forget. I never forget. My dad got, I, I told you guys this. My dad got so pissed off of the Musafar duel. So pissed off that Anakin thought that he could jump over there. Mm-hmm. He was like, that young motherfucker. <laughs> That old Jedi was experienced. <laughs> <laughs> you see, he, he took up the whole mantle for old men. I can't believe you don't like Gattaca. You, you, I'm, it's yo, fine. Jeez. <laughs> I didn't know this was going to be the take that really pissed y'all off. Nah, he also Gattaca, hates the bro. Dead Poet Society Don't step too, to Gattaca, sure. Gattaca, man. Dead Poet Society off the chain. Ethan Hawke. 